bringing you his authentic perspectives on important topics. They live in suburbs together. They live in the city together. They hang out together, all in the same family. We're the only idiots that fight because we want our voice to only be on one side. Like, does that even make any sense? And when the side loses, you lose everything. They, on the other hand, have a voice no matter what because somebody that looks like them is always in, in control. Frank, candid, and straight to the point. Well, it's just a skewed uh, system. Of course it is. It's a lot but, of adjustment. But, but answer my question, though. Should we let people what? go? Should we let people go? Like, let's just forget about bail altogether. And if your neighbor commits well, a homicide and kills people up... If you kill people and they next to you and you just let them come back and live right next to you, they can live upstairs from you. Let them come in your house. This is The Truth of the Afternoon with Dr. Ken Harris on 1017 The Truth and The Truth app. Now, he's the mayor of the city of Milwaukee. He's a young man. Give him a chance. I only complain about things that I care about. What I want you to do is pretend like I'm in St. Louis. And all I'm asking the mayor and the common council president and the common council, show me. Now, live from the American Family Insurance Studio in Milwaukee, here is Dr. Ken Harris. You're listening to Truth in the Afternoon. I'm your host, Dr. Ken Harris. 833-212-1017 is the number. We'll get back to our conversation. But uh, we have a guest today who is uh, former Justice Dan Kelly, who is now a candidate for the Supreme Court. Am I correct in that, that you're a former or current justice? That, that is correct. Former uh, ah. at the moment. Uh, Dr. Ken, it's good to, good to talk with you. Thanks for having me on your show. I thought it'd be uh, important that we have both sides of the aisle on so that uh, our our fans can get a really clear understanding of what exactly uh, it means to be conservative, to be liberal, to be um, someone who was on the court, someone that's an attorney, has been a judge, and brings certain points of view and perspectives to the bench. And so you were, you were on the Wisconsin Supreme Court from 2016 to 2020. Uh, you have... That's right. You you have had some significant uh, practice. Uh, I won't hold it against you that you grew up in California, but, <laughs> but <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> you grew up in Colorado, came to uh, Waukesha, studied at Carroll College, and got your yeah. uh, bachelor's degree. And you went to Regent University School of Law in Virginia yeah. Beach, Virginia, in '91. And so, what what is it that drives you to come back to the Wisconsin Supreme Court? Well, Dr. Ken, it's two things, I think. Uh, one is, you know, I've been traveling around the state of Wisconsin the last couple of years doing presentations on the proper role and function of our court within a constitutional structure. And when I get done with those, uh, I can't even begin to tell you the number of people that came up to me and said, you know, we want to make sure that whoever the next Supreme Court justice is, uh, he's committed to the Constitution and to the rule of law, uh, and that he understands his job is not to make the law, but just apply it to resolve the cases without regard to personal politics or values. And then they would say, you know, we saw that in you while you were serving as a justice of the Supreme Court, 
and we'd like you to run again. And so after hearing from so many of our fellow Wisconsinites that they wanted me to run again, uh, I reflected on the fact that I loved every minute of service on the Supreme Court, and it is service. So the way the relationship between the people of Wisconsin and those in office work out, the people are the bosses, and those of us in the judiciary, we're the servants. And so I knew that I had the best bosses a guy could want to have, and it was just a pleasure uh, to do the work of the court for the folks of Wisconsin. And so uh, as I considered their requests, uh, I would love to go back and serve them in that capacity again. And so, uh, so I agreed to run. Why is there such stratification between you and your opponent? Why, why is it today that race and political persuasion seems to rear its ugly head in a, in, a, in a place where it shouldn't be like the Wisconsin Supreme Court. You call yourself a conservative, yeah. and she calls herself a liberal. Why is that even possible at that level? Sure. So here's uh, so just a little bit of a clarification on that. So I refer to myself as a constitutional conservative, and that's different from being a political conservative. So constitutional conservatism is about conserving the constitutionally prescribed role for the court, and that is uh, to resolve only legal questions, not political questions. So between uh, the legislative branch and the judicial branch, they have wholly different functions. So we, we resolve our political questions in the legislature, and there we talk about liberalism and conservatism as a political matter. In the courts, we talk about constitutionalism versus activism. So, uh, so that's where we look at, is the role of the court just to decide questions of law? Or as my opponent would have it, uh, should the judges and justices of our system be stealing the legislature's authority and trying to use that in the courts? And so from my perspective, uh, you know, I look at what the people of Wisconsin have told us to do. And they told us they have one job for us in the judiciary, just one. They say, please pay attention, do this well, just concentrate on this and don't do anything else. Um, Use existing law to resolve the cases that come before the court. We're not interested in whether you think it's a wise law or an effective law. Uh, They tell us that they have an entirely different branch of government Mm -hmm. to consider those questions. That's the legislature, right? So, uh, So that's what I do, and that's what I've done on the Supreme Court. Uh, I've just used the existing law to resolve the cases without regard to my personal politics or values. My opponent uh, completely disagrees. Uh, She believes that she should bring in her personal values. Uh, She's even gone so far as to say that she would place her thumb on the scales of justice to make sure the cases are resolved according to her personal values. But isn't that something you do when you... Uh, as a member of the Federalist Society, if you're interpreting the Constitution according to its original meaning, does that mean that you interpret it today as in its original meaning? Because in its original meaning and original writing, there were some things in it that were not necessarily positive. They were highly detrimental to the black community. Yeah. So here's the thing. Um, We know how to change our Constitution, and the job of the court is to apply it as it has been amended, right? So uh, in the United States States Constitution, Article 5, 
uh, describes how to change the Constitution. It's the amendment process. Right. right? So, you know, I look at that real carefully, and I see that it gives the court no role at all in changing the Constitution. Similarly, in the Wisconsin Constitution, Article 12 controls the amendment process. And just like in the United States Constitution, gives no role to the court in changing it. So it's the original public meaning as amended. So each of the times it's been amended, it changes the original, it changes the meaning of the Constitution. So those amendments are then applied according to the original public meaning of those amendments when they've been written. And that's the job of the court. And the people of Wisconsin retain to themselves uh, the authority to change the documents that they see fit. So, for example, the United States Constitution has been amended 27 times. Right. And some of those uh, amendments are the most critical amendments uh, that were absolutely necessary to make, 13th, 14th, 15th Amendments. And uh, Wisconsin Constitution has been uh, amended numerous times as well. So we know Wisconsinites and the people of the United States know how to change those documents when it's necessary. But they've never asked the court to be part of that process. Okay. So two things before I let you go. Prosecutors. We've got some prosecutors in Milwaukee County that continually let criminals go or don't charge them or let them out on virtually no bond who then go back and cause issues in the community. Number one, what can be done about prosecutors from your point of view? So the, uh, the district attorney uh, is an elected position. And so uh, the best thing to do is consider whether there ought to be a different district attorney if the prosecutor's office is not doing as the uh, residents of Milwaukee County wish him to do. So he sets the policies, and as a member of the executive branch of government, he has broad discretion in how he exercises that authority. Now, keeping in mind that there is uh, there's a lot of teaching that goes on when the prosecutor makes those kinds of decisions. Now, just like there is a lot of teaching that goes on when a judge offers light sentences or no sentences. Right. So. Um, You know, when that happens, what you're doing is you're teaching the criminal that there are no consequences to his actions. You're teaching the victims that there's no justice to be found in our courts. And you're teaching the community that the laws will not keep them safe. And so this is a this is a significant uh, issue, both in terms of prosecutorial decisions as well as sentencing decisions. And my opponent has uh, has had some inexcusable sentences for some of the most vile crimes. Uh, I mean, just a few examples. Uh, you know, a young woman was raped, and uh, which has got to be the most intimate personal violation you can imagine. And in one case, uh, my opponent uh, gave no prison time at all uh, because she said, well, you know, we've got COVID going on. And so it was a get-out-of-jail-free card for that terrible criminal defendant. And in another case, uh, same, uh, same type of situation, uh, she imposed a year and a couple of months of prison time. And in doing so, said to the, uh, to the criminal that, uh, that he was a good man and he was not a danger to society, which, I mean, is absurd. I mean, I, I suppose you're not a danger unless 
uh, to society unless you're a woman who occasionally sleeps. And that's when she was attacked is when she was asleep. And in yet another case, uh, uh, she, uh, she gave nothing but probation to a guy who sexually assaulted a 13-year-old and then posted it on Facebook. I mean, took a video of the assault, posted it on Facebook, and uh, my opponent says, well, I, I don't know if you're a danger to society because I don't have a crystal ball. It was just ridiculous. Well, there were so some they, questionable um, defenses on your part of some people that's been shown through commercials for her that you've defended some people. How do, how do you defend that, the fact that you've defended people yeah. who were criminals? Who are accused of crimes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we kind of have to have that so that we can have prosecutions. So our Constitution says that every defendant is guaranteed the right to counsel. And the way this works is if they're not provided counsel, they can't be prosecuted. So here's the thing. So my opponent is out there slandering every criminal defense attorney by suggesting that the, the defense attorneys agree or approve of the things their clients are accused of doing. And that's just outrageous. It is a slander against me, but not just against me. It is a slander to all those good attorneys uh, who represent criminal right. defendants who do a constitutionally required job so that we can have prosecutions. Let me tell you, if there were no criminal defense attorneys out there doing their jobs, we would have no prosecutions. We're talking to Daniel Kelly. He is a candidate for the Wisconsin Supreme Court. So finally, I'll, I'll just go right to the question. Why should the African-American community in Wisconsin consider you as a justice for the Wisconsin State Supreme Court? Well, I think for the same reason everyone else should. Uh, this is about justice. It's about the rule of law. It is about knowing what the law is before you decide your actions, right? So all of us are responsible for making sure our actions comply with the law. Now, you can only do that if you know in advance what the law is. My opponent uh, has uh, said, and she's made no bones about it, that if she's elected, she'd place herself above the law, rule according to her personal values. And what that would do is mean that none of us would know what the law requires when we decide on our actions. And so we all benefit from the rule of law because we can conform our actions with the law requires. And that provides us the opportunity to live together in peace with the chance of prosperity. Without that, we have chaos. It's, and so this is something I, I think that everyone across the, the state will benefit from. It seems like candidates hide behind the rule of law when there comes a time to actually have to speak about these are the things that I see that are injustices in the black community. And so why, why is it that there seems to be a move to individualism when there are issues that affect a entire community? Well, I think this is a distinction between uh, uh, judicial candidates and political candidates. So political candidates are there uh, to address uh, the inequities in the law and figure out what, what what changes need to be made to the law to address those problems, because that's their authority. The people of Wisconsin elect their legislators 
with the idea that they'll all get together and they will use their collective wisdom, background, experience, and knowledge to figure out what laws are necessary to promote human flourishing from this day into the future. Judicial candidates, of course, we deal with only the things that have already occurred. And so uh, our job is to simply use the law that existed when those events occurred uh, to resolve the case that comes before us. And the people of Wisconsin have not given us any authority to adjust those laws, to repeal them, to create them, or to amend them. So it really is a difference between which, uh, which office you're running for. If you're running for the uh, political branch, uh, then the responsibility is to look at those inequities and, and address them from a political perspective. But running for the court, like I said, people of Wisconsin have told us we got one job for you. Use the laws that already exist to resolve our cases. Dan Kelly, he's a candidate for Wisconsin Supreme Court. When is the election day? April 4th. We're coming up on it quickly. Uh, I think absentee ballots are going to be available in about a week. And then early voting starts in about two weeks. All right. Thank you much. Best wishes on your candidacy, Mr. Kelly. Dr. Ken, thank you so much for having me on your show. It's been a pleasure. All right. Thank you. 833-212-1017 is the number. We just spoke to Wisconsin Supreme Court candidate Justice Daniel Kelly. So he made his comments, and if you have any thoughts, hit me on the talk and text line. In the meantime, we'll get back to some discussion about skin tone and whether or not you uh, agree with it being an issue in the black community, or is it something we should bypass and skip past because I always thought that it wasn't an issue. And I always thought that, well, you know, maybe we don't do that. Maybe it's just those people, right? Yeah. And then you wake up and look in the mirror and realize it's just us. More of the truth in the afternoon with Dr. Ken Harrison is next on 1017 The Truth, The Truth app, and 1017thetruth.com.